Welcome to Res Talk, your source for the latest news, opinions, and training from top building performance, rating, and auditing experts. Here's your host, committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, Bill Spohn. Welcome back to another episode of the Res Talk podcast, where it's our goal to communicate some late breaking news and thoughtful insights about a broad array of topics in this rapidly expanding world of residential energy ratings. And this would go out to all the stakeholders and interested individuals in the ResNet ecosystem. Now, that could be consumers, housing consumers, raters, builders, realtors, appraisers. You might want to listen in. There's some interesting, evolving trends in the world of home energy ratings. Today, we have on our show, on our talk show here, we'll be talking with Chris McTaggart and Tony Lasanti about the ICC Residential Energy Inspector Examiner Certification. We'll be talking about the need for more code officials and the synergy between the work of code officials and HERS raters. And there's a lot of new information and a lot of trends. This may be a really good catch-up session for you to listen to, to hear what's going on here. Also interesting is that in the 2019 ResNet conference, which is being held in New Orleans at the end of February in 2019, there will be a chance to have a training and a certification exam for residential energy inspector plans examiner certification. So that's an opportunity if you come in a day early to the conference, you can get a hold of this certification. And in this episode, you'll hear more from Tony and Chris about why the certification is important and how it can fit into the future of energy ratings. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm really great, Bill. Thanks for having me. Great. And Tony, how are you today? Very well, Bill. Thank you very much. Good. So, Tony, why don't you start and give us just a quick capsule background on who you are, what you do, and why you're talking on today's show. Well, I'm a native New Yorker. I uh, reside just north of New York City, so you can probably tell by the accent. <laughs> I'm a HERS raider, also passive house raider, verifier, uh, certified energy manager, a lot of certifications through BPI and ResNet. I got into rating homes and inspecting homes back in the early 2000s, about 2003. I have a wide variety of experience in the energy business over the last 30 years, 30 plus years. Got into this because I thought the residential side of things in terms of new construction was being underserved at the time and took the big dive through ResNet and here I am. That's an interesting story. And I think Chris, probably except for a shorter timeline, yours is pretty much the same. Why don't you tell us? I've got about 10 years of experience in the industry. I cut my teeth at the South Face Energy Institute, as many people in our industry got their start there as an intern working for Dennis Creech's organization there down in Atlanta, Georgia, and really had the really fortunate opportunity to fall into the study and work relationship with my business partner, Uriah Special. He and I both were leaving South Face at about the same time and decided we could really cut our own way in this industry. We were focused really on managing South Face's energy rating providership, their HERS providership, and we were both moving our families out of Atlanta at the same time. So we decided to start building efficiency resources. Otherwise, I think a lot of people know us as the Bear. So Bear, we're a national ResNet QA provider and training provider. We don't actually have a brick and mortar establishment. A lot of people think that we're based up in the far north country of New York State. That's actually where we got started as a business. Uriah was living out there. I was actually living in Chicago. But the reality is we have no brick and mortar establishment. We're really a virtual business. We work with about 200 raters 
in 25 states. So through that experience over the last 10 years, I've really learned a lot about this industry and have a lot of opportunities to get engaged more at a sort of a technical and training and policy level. I'm privileged to be able to serve as a member of the ResNet Board of Directors now. So I'm in my second year of my first term as a ResNet Board member. Excellent. So this is a really interesting perspective. You guys come from different angles. I know you know each other and you've worked together at least to some extent. Today, we're talking about the ICC residential code. So I'm going to throw this at Chris. Tell me, what is the residential energy code? How does it relate to ResNet, to home energy ratings? Yeah. So the IECC, the International Energy Conservation Code, is a consensus-based model building code that is focused on energy conservation in buildings. And it's promulgated by an organization called the International Code Council. And they are a nonprofit organization that is based in California, but they have thousands of member organizations and individual members who range from home builder organizations, energy policy advocates, as well as code officials who engage on a three-year cycle in order to develop new energy codes. So what we refer to as model codes. Model codes are those which are created by the ICC and put out there as an international code. And then it's up to individual states and municipalities to decide if they want to wholeheartedly adopt the new version of the model energy code, or if they want to take that model energy code and make amendments to make it really more tailor fit to either their climate or their particular economic situation in their particular state or municipality. The ICC creates a lot of codes. There's the International Residential Code, the International Building Code. There's a mechanical code and a fuel gas code and a fire code. Energy is just one component. So the IECC is one code of a whole suite of a multitude of different building codes that the ICC promulgates. But really, in the ResNet industry, home energy raters are being increasingly turned to for verifying the compliance of energy code requirements for municipalities or directly for home builders so that the home builders can demonstrate their compliance to the authority holding jurisdiction. So specifically things along the lines of performance testing, so testing the air tightness of a dwelling unit using a blower door or the tightness of duct systems that are located outside of the building envelope uh, using a duct tester. These are things that raters perform as their natural scope of work. Raters are trained to do these types of performance tests. And for many municipalities, their codes make this mandatory. It's a requirement to perform these tests. Furthermore, raters are involved in demonstrating compliance increasingly with different performance-based compliance paths with the energy code. So there are actually two performance-based compliance paths in the IECC. One would be R405, which is the simulated performance alternative. It's a cost compliance path of demonstrating compliance. And then there's R406, which is the energy rating index, which was really modeled off of the ResNet-HERS index. And it is based off of the 
ANSI ResNet ICC 301 2014 standard. So raters are increasingly involved in doing this an energy modeling-based performance compliance to assist home builders in complying with energy codes as they advance in their stringency, as well as verifying other type of mandatory provisions like performance testing. That's a lot. Tony, can you speak towards your involvement with the energy codes? Chris really kind of gave you a really good summary of the background and evolution of it with respect to how it relates to HERS ratings and ResNet. And when I first got into the business in 2002, 2003, it was because of a local jurisdiction, a local municipality passed one of the first stretch codes in the country requiring of certification through the Energy Star Homes program. And when you started to look at that, you realized that the basis for that certification was at the ResNet HERS rating path at the time. At the time, the code, such as it is, really was not recognizing HERS raters at all. They just this local jurisdiction pointed to the process as one you must follow, right? So you get into the business. Now, over the years, as the energy code has evolved, as all these programs have evolved, different states have written letters and formally recognized the HERS path and the software modeling as a code compliance tool. Through this evolution of the code, we knew that you roll the calendar back a few years. We knew the 2015 code was going to come out and there was going to be this thing called an ERI or an energy rating index path, as Chris mentioned, modeled right after the ResNet standard, the 301 standard. You couldn't ask for a better recognition of the HERS industry. So in that regard, you sort of had a, a difference between what a HERS rater did trying to validate code, but the gap between those two has narrowed over the past eight to 10 years, where now it's very much in line with what the code people want in the municipalities. The analogy I always use is we run into electrical contractors and electrical inspectors on projects all the time. And it is not uncommon to have a third-party underwriter come in and do inspections on electrical installations at rough-in, prior to drywall, before the plate's on. And the best way I can sort of explain what we do to the layperson out there that's not in the HERS industry is we are the electrical underwriters for the energy code. We provide that same service. I think it's a lot more detailed, perhaps, than what an electrical inspector will do, but that's an argument for another time. The fact is we are now more recognized than ever as subject matter experts on this separate, distinct book section of the code that deals with energy, especially for residential. And it's starting to expand even into the commercial market a little bit. So these two sections of the code, it sounds like you're saying like if someone bought them, downloaded them, read them, there'd be a lot of harmony and synergy with what they're used to in a HERS rating. Is that correct? Not necessarily the language, but the things that the code requires in terms of inspections. There is, I think it's in section 402, it deals with building envelope, air sealing, and air barriers. Okay, insulation and air barriers, I believe. If you look at that checklist that is required to be inspected and is required to be installed, it literally looks like what the Energy Star thermal enclosure checklist looked like four or five years ago. I mean, it's the same items. It's good basic building science practices that we've been trying to instill on our builders and our clients over the years. That's where the convergence has taken place. A lot of the things that we talked about in terms of building science concepts, best building practices, are now literally in black and white in this section in the code. And who knows better than really a HERS rater that's been around for a few years that's been looking at this stuff? Who better to go in and inspect that stuff? I'll toss this one back to Chris. Are 
HERS raiders becoming code officials or are code officials becoming HERS raiders or are they just working side by side? I would say it's really more side by side. There are HERS raiders that are building code officials. And there are some code officials who have decided to become HERS raiders. I'd say those numbers are probably smaller. The idea here, though, is that by working side by side, really, building code officials can kind of focus in on, they have many different aspects of building code to verify and enforce. Structural requirements, fire code requirements, requirements for egress, and other types of life safety requirements. Energy code, I think you could make the argument it's still life safety code because it deals with energy and potential condensation and durability of the building through the building science measures that are included in the energy code. But still, it's a very specific type of building code that you really need expertise in in order to thoroughly understand how to implement verification. And for that reason, code officials are increasingly turning to resident HERS raters because resident HERS raters have a increasing nationwide reputation for being the leading experts in energy efficiency verification. Is there training involved or sort of a training in how to articulate with the code officials? Is there anything going on like that? There is training. Most of the local code officials belong to a local organization like a BOCA. I believe they are required to have a certain amount of continuing ed at least every code cycle, if not every year. Yeah. The United States, as we know, this is an amazing country. We're a republic of a multitude of states and the federal government has some authority, but the states are given a lot of authority to make their own decisions. And therefore, there's a lot of states that, for example, have no statewide building code at all, let alone an energy code. They just don't even have a statewide building code. And then even in states that do adopt building codes, they may have home rule jurisdiction where there's individual municipalities that are able to decide for themselves if they want to be more or less stringent. So really, when you talk about building code enforcement and verification on a nationwide scale, it really is kind of all over the place. There may be some states, Tony's from New York. New York is, I think, what we would consider to be a state that has a lot of regulation. So professionals doing work in New York state need to be licensed and certified and have professional development and so on and so forth. In Colorado, which is a state that has no energy code at the very least, no statewide energy code. Well, there may be some municipalities that are very stringent and have a lot of expectations for the professional education and professional development of building code officials, but there may be some that actually have very little expectation. And even in states like New York that we think of as being this more bureaucratic and having more regulations, there are still pockets of relatively rural or, or isolated communities where building code enforcement, it's not as strong necessarily, or it really depends on who the code official is there. What do they know? What are their values? As we all know, energy efficiency, it's we would like to believe that it's nonpartisan and that it's a pretty concrete science, but it is somewhat still contentious amongst a certain demographic of people who they're not so worried about it. So in terms of the enforcement, really ensuring that building code officials are all on the same page, honestly, this is where I think that there's a big opportunity for ResNet and its certified professionals to engage even more 
in advancing the understanding of energy codes and how is verification really promoted. And this has been a big objective for me as a ResNet board member in my first term, is really strengthening ResNet's approach to how its certified professionals engage in energy code verification. So it requires tuning in to the state and local efforts and activities. Do you know of any resources where someone could find out more about? Actually, I'm aware of something called the Building Codes Assistance Project. Is that a verifiable resource? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great resource. The DOE maintains a website that lists the building codes for each state that are relevant. The Building Codes Assistance Project, they have a website that's called the Building Codes Ocean, and they do something very similar what it doesn't do is it doesn't necessarily really dive down into the micro-regional level, so individual cities within a greater state. So this is why it's really important and why I really, I'm encouraging this concept of ResNet professionals as being ambassadors. How can we arm our network of professionals, HERS raters, providers, trainers, etc., to really go out and engage more within the construction community to really get in front of municipalities and the authorities holding jurisdiction so that they can hopefully come to embrace that energy code verification doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be really expensive. And it's ultimately for the best interest of the community and for the future home buyers within that community, because if homes are verified to comply with the energy code, well, then homeowners have a much more likelihood to have more disposable income and their mortgage is going to be more secure. And there are studies that have been done by different research institutions that have demonstrated this. There's something that ResNet does for plans examiner certification. Is there some training or some certification that can be had? Yeah, I believe in 2014 or 2015, ResNet entered into a memorandum of understanding with the International Code Council to offer a discount membership for the International Code Council. So you become a member, and then they would offer a voucher for one free exam to take the Residential Plans Examiner Field Inspector certification test for the ICC. And then what that does is that ends up being a formal recognition of competency with familiarity with the residential energy code and field conditions that you may encounter. I thought that that was a great thing that ResNet did, partnering up with them, knowing the evolution of the code and where the energy rating index was going to be, what a big part that that was going to potentially play in future versions of the code. So there is formal training through ICC. I believe at the ResNet conference, Chris is conducting one of those training classes. Cool. Yeah. Chris, can you tell us a little bit about the content of that training class and where it sort of reiterates what's commonly known to raters and maybe where it extends the knowledge of raters? Yeah. So this class is it's not just because I'm teaching it, but <laughs> I think that this is really important content. And I really encourage listeners who are going to be at the ResNet conference, or maybe you weren't planning on going, to attend this year's 2019 ResNet Building Performance Conference in New Orleans because this is a great opportunity for you to earn the IECC Residential Plans Examiner and Inspector Certification. And the value is that it will increase a ResNet professional's competency in what verifying energy code really means. Up to this point, there's been a lot of raters who have been involved in energy code verification work. They've been called upon by code officials to give documentation for energy code verification. 
but there really hasn't been a formal expectation for them to have training. Now, Raiders, through going through their certification process to be a certified HERS Raider, as Tony kind of alluded to earlier, there is overlap between what a HERS Raider naturally does to produce a ResNet certified HERS index and what the energy code requires. So, for example, blower door testing is a minimum rated feature for a HERS index. Counting efficient lighting in a home is a minimum rated feature in a HERS index. It's also part of the code. So there are overlapping aspects of the code, but there are also things that are specifically in the code that are either mandatory items or if you're following the prescriptive path, they're items that have to be done in order for a home to be fully compliant with the code. And not all of those things are absolutely included within HERS Raider training. And there are a minimum of three compliance paths for energy code. There's the prescriptive path, there's the simulated performance alternative, there's the energy rating index. And all three of these paths have different requirements. And so it's really important for energy raters to understand what are these different compliance paths What's the difference between a mandatory and a prescriptive provision of the code? Do I have to make sure that I am verifying mandatory provisions or prescriptive provisions? These are things that aren't necessarily included in a HERS rating to produce a HERS index that a rater really ideally would have specific instruction on so that they clearly understand when they're putting their name on a document that says, I'm attesting that this home meets the code that they actually know specifically what they're attesting to. So this is why it's really important. So what's the length or the intensity of this kind of training? The good news is this is one that you can actually fly in just a day early for the course. It will be held on the Sunday prior to the conference. So basically the conference is Monday through Wednesday. That's the core conference. And so on Sunday, there will be a pre-conference session and it's going to be in the morning basically a review through the code. And it's essentially going to be three, three and a half hours of instruction on the code. And it's tailored particularly to the 2015 IECC just because there's not very many states that have yet to adopt the 2018 IECC. And they're really very similar codes anyways. So we're focusing on the 2015. We'll probably drop reference to the 2018 as well as previous versions of the IECC just for those who are maybe working in states or municipalities that have a different code in place. And then the idea is that you have this really focused training on really understanding how to use the code, how to review the code and understand the different chapters and subsections of the residential code. And then you have the opportunity to sit for the examination. And I can say that I taught this class last year and according to the ICC after the class, and once again, not to blow my own horn, but they had the highest pass rate ever that they've had on this exam. And I think it's really because my intent is, in some ways, this is an examination that it's more even probably particular to code officials. But I want to make sure that HERS raters understand the code officials perspective, as well as their perspective as a potential third party verification agent of the code. Tony, have you taken the certification class or have that certification? I have not taken the class, but I have taken and passed the exam. Ah, okay. After the fact, I've taken a number of courses that were given here locally in New York State. My own personal belief is I was reading the code almost daily 
referencing it almost daily. So I just, I felt I had a good handle on it. So when ResNet partnered up with ICC, I took advantage of the discounted exam and I took it. And in fact, I took it twice because I took one version for the 2012 code and one version of the 2015 code and passed both. But I think it's very important that folks take the training regardless whether they feel they know enough to take the exam and pass it. That's all well and good. And take some training afterwards. The ResNet conference offers a great opportunity to take it and then prepare for the exam. But the review courses I find are are very eye-opening. Even reading the code, there's always something that you can miss. The courses and kind of continuing education on the code is always good. One of the things that I learned, we're faced with as HERS raters, trying to take a set of plans and trying to call out the basic information, put it into an energy model and determine whether or not we're compliant. One of the things that's actually in the code are some minimum list of information and data that needs to be put on the plans with respect to the energy code. And I find more often than not, professionals, designers, architects, engineers are not aware of that list. It's a very short list of things that need to be shown. And if you're tuned into the IECC language, you know that those things need to be there and you're able to sort of help the professionals say, look, you run a, a good chance that the building inspector is going to look at these plans and say they're non-compliant because you're missing these things. The level of detail is required sort of in the whole ecosystem or whole process involved. And that sounds like that allows the individual who has the certification and this training bring some value. So does this enhance career opportunities or business opportunities for the rater to get involved with this? I think it does because I used the electrical underwriter example before. I believe that the opportunity for a HERS rater to be an integral part of the code validation process has always been there. With the ICC certification, it really kind of puts the formal gold star that you are not only a HERS rater in good standing, but now you're certified and recognized by the ICC. So a code official can really lean on you and rely on you for that expertise. Turn that around a little bit and the builders and the professionals, if they engage a HERS rater early, can also rely on that expertise. So yeah, I think there's a tremendous opportunity out there. Do you have to reach out and let people know you're there and able to do this? Or is this just sort of organic because you're known in your communities for this? We're in a pretty concentrated area here in New York. And I've been doing it for a while. So yeah, fortunately or unfortunately, people do know who I am. But yeah, for HERS Raiders that are out there, Chris mentioned it earlier, becoming the local policy effort, getting out there and getting known by your code officials and municipalities and helping to raise the level and priority of the energy code in the entire building process is really important. So if you're in an area where there's very little enforcement of the energy code, that is a big opportunity for HERS raters to get that certification, go out there, meet their local code officials, introduce themselves, be a resource for them. I can just share with you that there are a few municipalities around where I work that not every day, but from time to time, they will reach out and ask questions. Hey, I'm unsure about this. What's your interpretation of this? And it's refreshing to know that somebody in an official capacity for a city or a town or a village is able to reach out to an independent person like myself and ask those questions and not feel ashamed about it. We're trying to help them and they do appreciate it. I hear a lot of passion. I know you guys for a long time, so I know you do have passion, but I want to express to the people listening here, you have extreme level of passion about this particular topic too. I'm going to throw this next question to Chris. Because there are changes in the code, as Tony had mentioned, is there a requirement to re-up your certification as the code changes, or is this something that resides more permanently? It resides more permanently is the short answer. I mean, there is no requirement 
right now, like on a national scale or written into the IECC, that an approved third party doing verification of energy code scopes has to have this certification. It would be entirely up to the code official or the authority holding jurisdiction to say, we're only going to select a professional who has this certification in order to do this work. So because of that, I'd say we're still in the sort of introductory phase here where more professionals are earning this certification. And ResNet has some additional effort that it's going to be undertaking in 2019 and beyond in terms of strengthening its relationship with the ICC and really leveraging that partnership to promote the work of ResNet certified professionals within the energy code verification arena. And part of that is going to be potentially, and it's not saying this is what's going to happen, but we have talked about it at the board level and proposed the concept of creating an optional program that is sort of similar to, say, Energy Star Certified Homes. Now, Energy Star Certified Homes is an above-code program. It's recognized as a ResNet-approved energy efficiency program, or otherwise known as an EEP. So there's the idea here that ResNet, through a partnership with the ICC, may be able to turn energy code verification into an approved ResNet EEP. And then at which point, just like to become an Energy Star Certified Homes verifier, a rater has to go through specific training on the program and to work with a provider who is demonstrated to understand the program and receive specific quality assurance oversight on any Energy Star homes that they verify, the idea is that the same thing could happen for Energy Code. Because right now, ResNet standards are not very explicit about quality assurance of Energy Code scopes. A lot of providers are doing this already. They are QAing their raters involved in Energy Code, but it's not really explicitly required. So the board has discussed and really agreed that it may be the most prudent path to pursue this basically turning energy code verification into an optional EEP. We're not going to mandate it because not every municipality or code official or HERS rater necessarily is going to want to mandatorily participate in this. But what we feel the value is, is that there's a lot of code officials out there that are waiting for something like this. They want something that is very clear and says that the person that they're selecting has professional training and that they have professional development and quality assurance over their work. And therefore, the idea is that through a partnership with the ICC and ResNet, hopefully through promoting a program like this, this becomes the standard. So once again, a lot of people, ResNet raters may say, this just seems like another revenue generation scheme for ResNet as an organization. But I encourage you all to think about the big picture. The big picture is that energy code is going to continue to advance in stringency. And eventually, we're going to get to the point where probably every major municipality in the country has energy code that's advanced and needs third-party verification. If you all can be the professionals that have the clear credentials in order to do this verification work, it's going to provide you with a tremendous business opportunity. So I really encourage people to think about the long game here. And part of this, to answer your question more directly, Bill, because that was a roundabout way to say, it's not required. It's still sort of a in its infancy in terms of this certification and people who are achieving it. There's no mandate that you have to update it. But I could imagine in the future that, yeah, if you were 
a ResNet energy code verifier, a ResNet slash ICC energy code verifying professional, that if the code advances, you need to take a specific course to make sure you understand the changes or something like that. Once again, this is all blue sky at this point. There are no rules yet, but I could imagine that. And I think that would really be valuable. Once again, it just demonstrates the enhanced professionalism of ResNet professionals. We've covered a lot of ground in our discussion today on this topic, and I wanted to give you a chance to add any closing thoughts. Tony, do you have anything to kind of wrap up here? Yeah, the energy code is becoming more complex. It has become more mainstream. I'd like to think that our 2015 version in the states and municipalities that have adopted it, I call this our first real energy code. It is the first real one that I think delivers some substantial savings and performance for a home and has a good dose of best building practices in it from a building science point of view. So I'm a big believer that if we had more consistent enforcement of this code and the codes beyond, we might not necessarily need to rely on above code programs. Not that above code programs are bad. Those are the things that lead us into the future. But if you have, say, 10% of the homes and buildings meeting an Energy Star program and only 1% meeting something better like a passive house or a DOE zero energy homes program, but you have 85% of the homes being built are substandard from an energy code standpoint, what are we really doing as a society in terms of getting off fossil fuels? So I'm a big believer of covering the masses. You're looking at that kind of more global approach, getting energy code more prominent, more consistent, and more enforced, frankly. I'm also a big believer that ResNet already has paved the way for this to happen. We have a process. We have a rating process that it's getting better every day. It's answering all of the questions and closing all of the loopholes. And it is subject to third-party quality assurance oversight. So there is integrity in the process. And I think that is very important for this industry going forward. So that's my two cents. Okay. Chris, any closing thoughts? Yeah, just to echo what Tony's saying, once again, I got my start 10 years ago in managing HERS providerships. And so I've seen tens of thousands of HERS ratings over my time in this industry. And when I got my start, really what everybody was doing HERS ratings for was above code programs for Energy Star Certified Homes version 2.0. As many of your listeners will know, Energy Star updated its program requirements to version 3.0, which included many substantially upgraded requirements, and not every home builder was prepared in order to participate in that program. In the meantime, we've advanced from the 2009 IECC, which was released literally when I got my start, just shortly after I got my start in this industry, but it took time to get adopted. And that was the first code that had any reference to performance testing at all, basically. Fast forward to the 2015 and the 2018 cycles, this performance testing is mandatory and the stringency is increasing. And as a result, there is more of a vehicle for HERS raters to get involved in helping builders find the right solution to energy code for them. And for some builders, that's going to be prescriptive verification and it may or may not need a whole lot of third-party verification other than perhaps performance testing. But for a lot of builders, and increasingly so, the opportunity to participate in the simulated performance alternative cost compliance path, the opportunity to participate in the energy rating index, or if you live in a state or municipality that has a stretch code 
which directly references the ResNet HERS index and a specific ResNet HERS index score that has to be met, such as Tony was referring to. It is happening at an increasing rate. Even states that we think of as not being particularly big on energy conservation and big on government rules and regulations, even these states are advancing their energy codes because really it makes sense. There's value to consumers. There's value to the state to be able to keep money within. So this is not going away. This is only going to get bigger. There's a huge opportunity for our industry to lead by example and for ResNet and ResNet professionals to really be the champions of energy code verification. So I encourage everybody get excited. Don't get distressed that ResNet is getting engaged. Be thankful that ResNet is getting engaged because this is really the future of our industry. Like Tony said, above code stuff, there still is going to be that. And those programs are important. But the future business is code. Our business, our raters who turn in certified HERS ratings, I would go as far as to say the vast majority are now for energy code compliance, whereas before it was 90% for Energy Star Homes. Now over 50% is for energy code. And I only see that percentage increasing over time. In my mind, I'm painting this infographic that would show the streams of development and how the paths have converged. So that's a very interesting overview there, which brings us to a nice end cap for this podcast. What's the best way to reach out on this particular topic to you personally or to ResNet for people that are listening? I would certainly encourage anybody to reach out to either Chris or I. The ResNet website can be a resource, so you could reach out to the ICC itself. A good start is if you don't have it, go out and buy the code book. Start looking at it. <laughs> yeah, and I'll just add that actually the ICC has offered a lot of the building code, including energy code, online on their website for free. So if you just type in ICC free public access into a, a web search tool, you'll find the ICC's site that basically has all of the basically online PDF versions of the building code, including the energy code that you can go and access. Tony's right, pay for the code. ICC is a nonprofit. They rely on some of this revenue from the code book, and it's helpful to kind of have the physical copy of it so you can highlight and annotate as you need. But dive into the code, embrace the code, understand what the full scope of all this is. In terms of the 2019 ResNet Building Performance Conference in New Orleans, I encourage you all to consider attending the pre-course session on the Residential Energy Inspector and Plan Reviewer certification that can be earned at the conference. Just look for the pre-conference session on the ResNet Building Performance Conference website. If you want to be in touch with me directly, you can reach me at our website, which is www.thebr.com. So thebr.com. You'll be able to get in touch with me through our contact us. Very good. Well, I want to thank you both for coming on the Res Talk podcast today. I think you provided me with some uh, interesting insights into this, and I hope for the listeners too. You're very welcome. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having us. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Res Talk podcast. We hope you heard a couple things that'll change your perspectives or prompt some action in perhaps getting involved in this plans examiner certification. If you're a pro in the building market, you can surf on over to resnet.us slash professional to learn more or to join the email list. And you can also find ResNet on Facebook or Twitter, and the Twitter handle is at ResNetUS. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast so you'll be able to get the downloads of the new information late-breaking as soon as they come out, as soon as they're published. 
want to give you one quote or thought for the day. This is a quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson. The health of the eye seems to demand a horizon. We are never tired so long as we can see far enough. So in today's episode, we talk a little bit about expanding your horizon, taking a look at the code process and the interrelationship between energy codes and the HERS radar. We hope if you're interested in feeding back to ResNet and you like what you heard here, that you'll drop us a line or maybe send an idea for a new topic to be covered or perhaps just a general question. You can send them in an email to info at resnet.us. Again, thank you for listening to the ResTalk podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the ResTalk podcast. This podcast is hosted by Bill Spone, produced by Brian Orr, and is a production of ResNet, the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for ResTalk. If you are willing, a review on iTunes of the podcast app will help others find the show and would be very much appreciated. We look forward to talking again soon on ResTalk. Thank you.